Agency Dudes Podcast. The Agency Dudes Podcast. Stop listening to YouTube and Instagram ads by charlatan gurus about building a business they've never built. Start listening to the dudes who've done it and keep doing it. Sales, strategies, objections, development. Ready to put the pieces together and bring explosive growth to your digital business? Hosts Dan Fisher and Aaron Raposa are the dudes with the answers. All right, so misconceptions of jumping into the agency space, part two. So we're talking about common things that um, that people tend to think when they're first getting into this whole you know, digital landscape, digital marketing landscape, starting an agency, typically coming from ads that are kind of promising the world in different ways. And um, I think one of the, one of the big ones that we were, we were just talking about was um, the idea of prospecting. Mm. Yeah. Um, With the prospecting. So we talked a lot about uh, mindset yesterday um, prospecting is probably the second largest hurdle that you have to get like into a rhythm, into routines to get things moving. Um, when we first started Aaron, it was like, I think we were sending out, we were, first of all, we were on multiple channels, but we were sending out at least 500 emails a day, um, making warm calls. You had lists of warm calls that you were, you were reaching out to. And, and, and can you describe what a warm call is? I, I know that a lot of people know them as cold calls, but you have something that's called a warm call. Yeah. So the, the warm call is breaking the ice with some piece, so, some kind of connection. So whether you're prospecting on LinkedIn and you reach out to somebody, you know, make a connection and then uh, reach out with a message and then give them a call or uh, like one of the things we did with our first financially focused agency, which was lasting emails and then calling everyone on that list and referencing the email whether they got it or not um that's what we're going to call a warm call or what we define as a warm call because you you have that icebreaker and you have that piece of contact to lean back on whereas a cold call is going to be just calling the business who you've never had any contact with before and trying to garner interest with the warm call because there was some kind of contact made you're able to reference that in the opening of your call. So, you know, calling and saying something along the lines of, you know, if you're calling from, uh, from LinkedIn saying, Hey, like we just connected on LinkedIn. Uh, I just wanted to call and see, and, you know, kind of go from there or what we did with the email in the financial space, because we were focusing on building a building annuity business for agents and agencies. We would send these emails, give them a call, and say, hey, this is Aaron. I sent you an email yesterday. Uh, I just wanted to check in and see if you got it. Now, the majority of the time, these people didn't actually get our email, but they received it, but they never saw it. But because we didn't include a last name and referenced an email, it kind of put them almost on the back foot like it was something they were expected to be following up on and say, oh, um, Aaron, who? What, what was the email about? Like, oh, it, we were just um, letting you know about our, our new annuity program. Um, are you interested in growing your annuity business? 
and because we did our research at that point, we knew that the audience that we were reaching out to were generally interested in growing their annuity business. Right. And that got them interested in having the conversation or at least setting a time for a full conversation. Um, you know, it would typically be something along the lines of, um, uh, yeah, actually we are, who, who did you say this was? Oh, it was Aaron Raposa. I would work with, um, you know, whichever agency name we were working under at that time. Right. Um, I know I just call, kind of called you uh, out of the blue here. Is there a good time you want to sit down? Maybe we can set 30, 45 minutes aside to, to talk about what we're, what we're doing to help insurance agents and insurance agencies. And then we get it scheduled. And now we're going into a much warmer conversation. Um, so that was something that helped us a lot on that side. When you and I first started, I was doing warm calls through mostly LinkedIn and Facebook. And yep. that was for fitness and it wasn't going nearly as well. <laughs> no, we had a lot of success in email uh, marketing. Like they would actually respond with an email and set an appointment. Right. And I, I think it got to the point where it was, and that's why I say like you have to be on all channels, but I think it got to the point where we were getting four to five appointments a day. I mean, I was still working corporate sales at that point and uh, all of my breaks ever, and, and even more so I was even calling during the business day. Uh, all of them were full calling from my truck and all that. So, um, but I think another cool thing about whenever you mentioned the LinkedIn marketing and reaching out um, is whenever you first reach out with that first message, like it's so crucial to just kind of greet the person and not put the sales pitch in that first message. And here's the, the here's how you really should be um, structuring this because it, I've had a lot of success with it and, and blew a lot of people's minds. But if you just greet them um, almost with like, you can almost put a generic connection out there and you don't even need the, um, people almost trust the generic message more than a, a a custom made one, mm. but you could uh, just reach out with a voice message after that. So once they've connected almost immediately, it has to be within 12 hours um, and sooner if you can, but whenever you connect with them, send them a voice message. A lot of people don't know that you can actually send a voice message in LinkedIn. Um, I believe on the like top left or right, there's a little microphone. You hit the microphone, say a quick message and, but it has to, it has to sound genuine and uh, it can be canned, but say their name in each of them. So you can't say a generic message and then say that generic, or like record it and then send it to multiple people. It has to be a custom message um, on that voice message. So it'd be like, hey, Aaron, um, it was great to virtually meet you. Uh, if there's anything I can help out with, or if you have any questions in any way of whatever marketing you're doing. So what I would say was, um, if you have any questions with financial marketing, feel free to reach out. If not, I hope you have a great day. Hope you had a happy new year and we'll talk soon. I would say that with every person. And first of all, I would get a lot of people, they would look at it because they're, you can't see that message. You just see a voice message and you just hit play and they're going to listen to it. Right. Um, and a lot of people would be like, oh my gosh, I didn't even, I didn't, never knew you could uh, do a voice message on LinkedIn. I'm going to start doing this. And then what that would do would stir up some conversation. Um, and people would start talking sales with you and then you get them on the phone. Right. The one thing that you definitely don't want to do is go into it pitching what you do. 
that's the the last kind of message you want to send when you're meeting somebody on the the LinkedIn side is say, um, you know, if you're interested in growing your business, um, I help, you know, whatever audience um, get more qualified leads in their pipeline, uh, reach right. out if you're interested or anything along those lines. You know, like as soon as it sounds like you're legitimately reaching out to them to try to get on the phone for a sale, the chances of you ever getting in touch with them, getting even a response, let alone a phone call is slim to none, which is yep. interesting because it shows how channel specific messaging is. Because on LinkedIn, it's totally fine to talk about the work you do mm-hmm. and approach things in that professional way, not necessarily talk about the work you do in the sense of a pitch, but like you said, you know, if you have any questions about financial marketing, feel free to reach out, not trying to necessarily garner the, the phone call on the, on the first contact. But on email, we went the exact opposite way. Right. We went straight to what we do. And if you're interested, respond yes or no. Yep. Um, and I think that's what we did on the, the fitness side, if I remember correctly, was still, we, we were a little bit more wordy as far as what it was that we were doing. But it was still like just a few sentences about who we were, who we worked with, um, and asked them if they were looking to grow their either client base or membership base. Yep. Um, and then, you know, respond yes or no. And we got a surprising amount of people that responded yes and then scheduled calls with us. And we got a lot of good feedback about the email too. They were like, it was genuine. The reason I'm getting back to you is I, I felt like you actually meant this. And, um, mm-hmm. and honestly, we were just being straight to the point. And like, there, I don't think there was anything too fluffy about it, if that makes sense. Like it was really just like, Hey, I saw, and obviously we used um, Woodpecker. So we did have a like fill in the blank of, Hey, I saw your business. So it would be like, Hey, I saw your customized business. Um, Looks like um, this would be something I can help you out. Are you looking to grow your membership? Like we were straight to the point because people want to want to be straight to the point on emails. They don't want to read probably four to five paragraphs um, just because they have so much. I mean, think about your inbox this morning. It's probably, I probably had at least 25, 30 just waiting for me that I haven't read just that happened overnight. Mm-hmm. So people want it to be short and to the point. Right. It, it needs to be, I would say personalized, uh, well-written and clear. Yep. Like that, exactly. that's, you know, have a greeting name, let them know what it is that you do and show that you have some interest in their actual business. I think that's where a lot of people go wrong is they try to be very straight to the point and punchy with it, but it's all me focused. If I do this, is that something that you, um, or let me know if that interests you or, you know, something along those lines. And I think that was one of the magic pieces because fitness historically isn't a strong email audience. Nope. If you go into, into any like marketing mentorship kind of a, you know, or marketing course or any of those things, Fitness is going to be mostly Facebook and Instagram that they're telling you to reach out on. But we got a lot of, we had a lot of success off of email because we would throw in just that, that one thing. Like I uh, saw your whatever, you know, whatever the, the business is called, your one, two, three sweatshop fitness. 
and it looked like exactly the kind of business we're working with. Uh, if you're interested in growing your membership base, feel free to reach out. And you're right, like a lot of the people we got on the phone with specified that it, it didn't seem like it was a mass email. It looked like you actually emailed me directly and no one does that, which right. is hilarious because it was exactly a mass email. <laughs> exactly right. But I think one of the, if we're going back to like the, the misconceptions, like the, the reason we're going off on, on the prospecting side is there's this kind of idea. And I think, again, it comes a lot from the gurus and from the ads that people are seeing that's, you know, you're going to start this business. You're going to call these people up and get, you know, 20 people on the phone and sell 15 of them on a, on a package. And it's just, it's not necessarily that fast and it's not necessarily that simple. You know, like we had a lot of success with those emails, but the first two runs we did didn't have success. Right. I think we blew through and about we probably a thousand burned emails. Through, yep. A thousand emails and probably a couple domains. Right. That's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so you got marked as spam a whole bunch. Yep. Um, and while that was running, we were also running all the, all the LinkedIn prospecting. I know I was, I don't know if you were on Facebook doing prospecting for fitness, but I know I was on, Facebook. I was on everything. <laughs> no, I was on Facebook prospecting. We were doing calls. Um, and it, it took experimenting and tweaking everywhere and a lot of failure to figure out, okay, emails, the way to go for us and for this, and this is the messaging, you know, it's not like we ran all of it at once and email one so then we just stuck with that it was we're running these three or four channels nothing's working let's tweak all of them nothing's working let's tweak all of them and eventually we hit the right tweak for the emails to work and that's where we started seeing the success so it's a lot of trial and error and it's a lot of contacts burned and it's a lot of time invested and i was doing the math real quick um so if you have a lot of, so if, if you're looking at contact rate, right? If you're just like looking to get your name out there and just look at the basics. So if you send out 500 emails a day, times 365 is 182,500 contacts. Facebook, if you contact seven or get in contact or, or comment on seven people's, um, on seven posts a day, that's 2,555 if you re if you reach out and try to connect to a hundred people on LinkedIn a day, that's thirty six thousand five hundred. Let's add all those together, and you get two two hundred twenty one thousand just in those two hundred twenty one thousand five hundred fifty five. That is basically free contacts. Those are those are non paid for. That's two hundred twenty one thousand people that could potentially see your name, your brand over the, over the last year. And, and that's only like the basic number. That's not even going into Instagram or uh, anything like TikTok. outside of Facebook, email, and LinkedIn. That's a great yeah, point. Talking, calling. <laughs> and that kind of brings us to the, the next point. Like if, if you're jumping into the agency space right now, or if you've kind of recently jumped in, and you see a service or a company or an agency that's saying, we'll fill your calendar for you. And that's all they're offering to do. Run. 
<laughs> yep. Yep. Run, run, run. Turn the other way. Don't look back. Sprint. Because if you're just jumping in, you've never sold one of these packs. I don't care what you've sold in the past. Whether it's <laughs> if you've sold solar panels, sold hot tubs, sold copiers. Hey, I feel like these are directed. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't sold a digital product and specifically digital marketing, you're not going to be closing at a high percentage at all. If, if you're going to close at all. So right. there's no point in having in paying thousands of dollars to an agency to fill your calendar for you to get practice. Especially if you don't really understand your audience yet, you know, and it's one of those things that, again, I feel like it, it definitely gets glossed over and it's not something that really gets hit on. Everyone here is a niching down, right? Like how, how many times have you heard the term niche down in the last three years, Mm -hmm. but it goes deeper than just a niche. You know, it's not just, I work in fitness for us. It's not just, we work with financial professionals. Right. figuring out exactly what you're selling and who you're selling it to. If you're in fitness, are you working with, you know, personal trainers or box gyms or working with CrossFit or just high intensity interval training, yoga? Like if you're doing all of fitness, you're going to find very quickly that you're not selling anybody because you're not, you're still not specialized. Hey guys, this is Dan with Agency Dudes. I want to remind you that if you're an agency owner, the first thing you want to do is just fill your head with knowledge. And that's why we wanted to be there for everyone uh, with a lot of free content. If you go to Facebook, look up Agency Dudes, Next Level Agency Growth, sign up, and we got lots of opportunities for you guys to learn. Look forward to meeting all of you and hopefully see you on the other side. Now, back to learning the real secrets of agency growth from the dudes who are still running and growing a profitable agency because they aren't hacks. Now, back to learning the real secrets of agency growth from the dudes who are still running and growing a profitable agency because they aren't hacks. Right. You know, even if it comes down to like men versus women, like, are you going to focus more on selling men or focus more on selling women? And those are things that you can only figure out with that organic process. Who resonates with you? Who are you enjoying talking to? What's the easier conversation? What are you more interested in? Or can you don't have to be passionate about it, but you need to have enough of an interest to learn the market better than the providers themselves. And that starts to show its face with a little bit of work behind it. So for instance, when we started in financial marketing, both you and I, I mean, I actually, I guess I, I knew a little bit about it. I had a, a life insurance a long time ago, but um, when we I had both, no idea. Yeah. So you had no idea. And then when I came in, I literally purged all that stuff out. So I didn't want to relearn it, but um, what we had to do is we, we kind of thought we heard the word annuity over and over and over again. And then we started realizing that that's actually what the people want to sell. It's not life insurance. They, they like they, they can make a living with life insurance and uh, final expense, but like the people actually want to sell annuities. So maybe this is um, maybe it's similar to like a, a like high ticket real estate sales 
like whenever you're looking into huge mansions, like people want to sell those, obviously. So if you lead with something that people want to sell, then they're going to be interested in calling you back. Right. Whenever I sold copiers, for instance, no one cared about their (laughs) copier. And and matter of fact, you could run a business on an iPad. You don't need a copier. So they're not going to call me back. They're not interested. But if you are calling and saying, hey, I can help you with your annuity sales and and bringing your top line up and helping your bottom line, which a bottom line in insurance is all the people under you, um, we can help those. So, so now we're talking specifically to their business, to what they do, and it's a product that they're interested in selling. It's not just something that they're calling these people and these people aren't calling back. They're calling saying, hey, there's an annuity we have. It's a brand new one on the market and people will call back. So then you're, you're speaking their language, you're selling a product or you're marketing a product that they're interested in selling and you're both making money. And you're learning the audience at the same time. You know, yeah, it's absolutely. almost like, uh, like wearing a, a weighted vest, right? Like if you're doing sprints with a weighted vest, when you take that weighted vest off, it's gonna be easier to run faster if you're always training with the, the extra weight. And yeah. that's the same thing with the, the organic prospecting. You're gonna have more it's going to be more difficult to get on conversations. They're going to be more get to know you kind of conversations because it's coming in from such a, it's coming out of the blue. You know, even if it's a warm call, it's still a cold connection. You know, no one introduced you. So there's going to be a lot more, um, a lot more rapport building, relationship building. And in that, you're going to start learning about the audience, who you want to be talking to, what the product is that they want to be selling and what their experiences have been from a place of like genuine fact finding. Yep. And then learning how to talk to the people that you want to be talking to. And once you can get all that, all that genuine information and start seeing the common threads and, you know, failing on sales call after sales call, getting some sales, getting some wins. And then one thing that we used to do that I don't think anyone does, and no one does enough for sure is we would fail on sales calls. And then we'd call the person back and say, hey, um, just out of curiosity for us to get better at what we do, price aside, what could we have said to make this a no-brainer? Right. And the more, the more we did that, the more it came down to you know, replacing value that's missing in their industry and offering a different, uh, a different product, which was annuities. Everyone right. wanted the annuities. If you sold annuities, I would pay three times what you, what you pitched. And if you could follow up with them, if you could help qualify them, if you could help me do, if you help me with the sales process, I would pay three, four, five times what you pitched. Yep. And the more we did that, the more we learned. And then it made sense for us to put actual money behind our marketing. But if you're just throwing thousands of dollars to an agency to put calls on your calendar, you're paying to learn that information, first of all. So you're, you're basically paying thousands of dollars to figure out what you don't want to be doing and to start, you know, to, to start whittling away. You know, you're starting with like a, a cube, a wooden cube that you want to turn into a smooth sphere. And you're paying thousands of dollars to cut a little piece off this corner, a little piece off that corner that you could do in larger chunks through an organic process. Yep. And beyond that, the calls that you have off of paid advertising are one, significantly harder because there's not as much rapport built. Mm-hmm. Two, significantly harder 
because the person is coming in knowing that it's a sales conversation and they're going to be way more defensive. Now, if you are, if you have a lot of experience with sales and with selling exactly your product, um, a, a paid ad can be a lot easier, uh, a lot easier sales process. Once you know what the process is, once you have a good closing percentage and you know how to, like who you're talking to, how to talk to them, you know exactly who you're targeting, you know, you're, you're, you're dialed in on your audience, then it's an easier sale, the, the paid ad side. Until then, it's so much harder because you're still learning everything. Yep. So if I think a lot just, of people forget that. What's that? I think a lot of, I think a lot of people forget the learning curve that's, that's involved because a lot of us as marketers, we kind of come into the marketing industry as marketers, like nothing more, nothing less, just a marketer. And then when we, have, when we do decide on a niche, we kind of forget that there's that learning curve, almost similar whenever you get that first job out of college, or um, if you just first job in general, something like that, there's always going to be a learning curve in every job. And it takes about three months to really get the hang of it. It's not even mastered at three months. It's probably mastered at six to 12 months. Mm. And so a lot of people forget that whenever you're going into this new niche, you have to learn this stuff. Like you are actually training. And like you said, you're, you're paying to learn. You're, you're, you're almost paying to train yourself. And with this organic, you can obviously do it for free, but you're going to need, you're going to need to put some hours into this. Say it's a new niche, unless you've grown up in it, or you have, you've, you've been around it for a long time. You really need to learn it. And I think that learning curve is something that you have to expect. Almost like we say, expect the ups and downs. Like you have to expect a learning curve. Absolutely. And that's <laughs> to, to piggyback on that, like the days of, and we talked about this on our, on our last episode, but the days of calling up a business and saying, I do Facebook ads to help you get leads. And you know, Step one, Facebook ads. Step two, question mark. Step three, profit. <laughs> yep, yep. It's over. It's not 2016 anymore. Everyone's caught up. So if you're going to be in the digital space and a, a digital marketer for an industry, you need to be an expert in that industry. Like, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry to have to tell you guys this. And I know it's not popular, but you can't just be a marketer. You can't. You have to be uh, basically a business coach. You need to be able to walk into that person's business and say, oh, these things don't make sense. This is where you're missing the boat. I'm going to get you leads. That's where I specialize. But we need to talk about your sales process. We need to fix that. Yep. You know, we, we need to talk about your infrastructure. Because most of the businesses that you're going to be reaching out to, yeah, there they're the, the white whales, right? They have everything dialed in and they just want a higher volume of leads. And that's great. Um, but if you're not bringing that extra value, you're just a lead vendor. You're yep. just a guy that does Facebook ads. And now because you're so productized and replaceable, it's easy to price shop. Like, why am I going to pay that guy to do Facebook ads for 5,000 when Johnny's nephew can do Facebook ads for 500? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, it's just social media. All young people do it. Yep. And it takes learning the industry inside and out so you can have those conversations with people and speak like them. And I'm not talking about learning the buzzwords of, you know, like going to Google and Quora and Facebook forums and just like figuring out what the, the jargon, yeah, the, 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 the top line jargon it's for great. I always use this example. 
in everyone knows the term tire kickers right mm -hmm. it's uh, a lead that isn't really interested in buying they're just kind of snooping around if you walk into the financial industry and say we're going to help you avoid tire kicker leads you sound like a marketer if you walk in and say we'll make sure we filter out all the shoppers now you're talking like them but that's not something that you're going to learn you know from three days of googling that's something you're only going to learn from being in contact with these people over and over learning what they call a good lead what they call a bad lead what they call a tire kicker what they call a good sale versus a bad sale what a, a hard sales process is like there are, is so much inside language in any industry that you need to have a handle on so when you're approaching these businesses and explaining how your process helps you sound like an expert and then you can go in and position yourself as an expert in the industry in the marketing in the business and show them that your value isn't replaceable by johnny's little nephew yeah. because you can actually help them increase revenue and increase increase retention besides just bringing them leads for a $1,500 retainer, right. which I know we're going to, we're going to talk about it in another episode, but one of the most important things I just want to kind of tease it here make sure you, yep. <laughs> you're going to watch or listen to the next one, but yep. it's the value of an industry insider in building uh, strategic partnerships. And we're not talking about like a web developer That's strategic huge. partnership but an actual industry insider and how to find those, what the value is and kind of where they can take you and what the, yeah, what the value is. That's really, yep. that's really it. Um, I know we've kind of gone, we've kind of gone, gone long today, huh? Yeah, that's good. It's a lot of content. Dude, it we is. can go on prospecting all day, I think. <laughs> yeah, we can. Maybe we'll do I, prospecting really do part that. two before we do, uh, right. <laughs> before we do budget and strategic partnerships. Value of an in industry insider i wrote that down because i was like okay that's the new uh the new episode perfect <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so we do maybe prospecting part two and then to go into the other ones perfect but i think that's the biggest one for me that i think like uh, position us separately is helping people build actual businesses around their lead gen right this has been a dna production of the agency dudes Want more? Subscribe to the cast and join our Agency Dudes Facebook group.